0: equity meets media this is the dive the podcast that asks whoever said business news needs to be all business i'm your host sasha kelly in the future obesity may be a choice that is the bold statement being made by the pharmaceutical companies behind a generation of new weight loss drugs If you're a follower of Hollywood, like me, you may have heard of the big one, and that's Ozempic. It's the talk of TikTok. The topic Ozempic has over 300 million views with scores of users crediting the drug for their weight loss success. But it's just the tip of the iceberg because recent trials of new drugs have yielded even better results than Ozempic. What just last year made headlines as a miracle drug might soon be old news. It's Friday the 14th of July and today I want to know what is happening with the rapid developments of weight loss drugs and are they really living up to the hype? To talk about this today I'm joined by my colleague here at Equity Mates. it's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive.
1: Sasha, good to be here. This weight loss drug story is one that just keeps on building. We did an episode on this podcast in August last year and fast forward, just shy of a year and there's been even more developments.
0: Yeah. I felt like when we talked about it last year, it was something on the periphery or something on the horizon. And a lot of people talked to me after we did this episode and said, I found that so fascinating. And then in the six months after, it seems like, especially if you look at glossy magazines, like I do, it seems to be the unwritten commentary everywhere that Azempic is like the big thing that all, well, I don't want to say all the A-listers because that'll get me in trouble, but like some A-listers are using to help them get in those very pretty dresses.
1: Yeah, but this isn't just a health or a celebrity story. This is a business story as well. Barclays Bank have called this story the, quote, story of the decade. So there's a business story unfolding here as well.
0: So Alec, if you have been living under a rock, like you might happily be, Um, no judgment here, (laughs) can you introduce me to Azempic?
1: Yeah, so Azempic is made by the Danish pharmaceutical company Novo Nordisk, who are they're about 100 years old and they're really on the forefront of diabetes research and diabetes drugs. Azempic is a once a week self administered injection of semaglutide. Now, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2021 illustrated the potential of Ozempic and really kicked off the hype. It studied just shy of 2,000 adults and split them into a drug group and a placebo control group Mm -hmm. and then measured their weight loss over 68 weeks, so a scratch over a year. The group that took a Zempic lost 14.9% of their body weight on average, uh, which was about 15.3 kilos. And then the control group lost about 2.4% of their body weight. So 15% of their body weight lost in a little over a year, that study saw interest explode. Mm-hmm. We saw Hollywood celebrities, as you mentioned in your introduction, billionaires. Elon Musk has been a vocal proponent of the Azempic sister drug, Wagovi. And here in Australia, we lived through an Azempic shortage last year.
0: Everyone and their mom's going to try it. And now everybody lying, everyone's like, a smaller portion. Like, (laughs) shut the f*** up. You're on Ozempic or one of those things. And it uses semaglutide, is that right?
1: Yep, semaglutide is the compound... And then Ozempic is the brand name. Okay. Semaglutide belongs to a class of medications known as glucogen like peptide one receptor agonists, or GLP one RAs.
0: Alec, you're going to have to give me the the dummies version of what that meant.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we've had weight loss drugs before, and um, you know a lot of them probably not that effective with a lot of side effects. The difference here is that it. This drug is just trying to mimic a hormone that is already in our body. It mimics this GLP-1 hormone, which is released in our gut when we ate.
0: Hormones are the body's messengers, running from one place to another, prompting certain cells into action. When we eat, our bodies produce a bunch of hormones to aid in the process of digestion. One of them is GLP-1, the hormone that tells us when we're full. This is the sequence of amino acids that make it up. And this is semaglutide, the generic name for ozempic. It's made to mimic GLP-1. This
1: GLP-1 hormone does a few things, but importantly, when we're talking about weight loss, prompts the body to produce more insulin, which reduces blood sugar. So semaglutide was developed by Novo Nordisk in 2012 to look like this GLP-1 hormone. It was approved a few years after that. By 2020, it was prescribed more than 4 million times in the United States.
0: And that's why it's so important in relation to diabetes because that's all about the body's ability to produce insulin.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was developed as a diabetes drug, Novo Nordisk being uh, focused on diabetes and then the weight loss benefits started to emerge.
0: Mm. And there's other drugs though following Inazempic's footsteps. They're just like the pioneer in this space, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that's right, and that's why we're going back to this story today because Ozempic may have been the first blockbuster drug, but we're seeing new drugs in clinical trials yield even better results. So to give you, a, I guess, a look at some of the other drugs out there, Novo Nordisk has another semaglutide drug, Wagovi. They're the same compounds sold under different brand names. The main difference is just the amount of semaglutide in each dose, and what they've been approved for. But there are other glp one like obesity drugs out there. Now, forgive me, some of my pronunciation here is going to be butchered. Okay. Novo Nordisk have another one under the brand name Saxenda, which uses the compound Liraglutide. Mm -hmm. Eli Lilly, the drug company, has one Teresipide, which is sold under the brand name Munharo. But the reason that we're talking about this story today is another Eli Lilly drug that has just gone through phase two clinical trials, retitrutide. In the Eli Lilly labs, the revolution in weight loss drugs races ahead. This is about pushing the envelope
0: further in Correct. this research, right? Correct.
1: It's using old molecules as the benchmark and trying to make things that are better.
0: Today, the company announcing data for its newest drug, an injection called retatrutide. I like, that's amazing. You know, it's always that kind of first leader or the one that has the best PR company that you talk about. I didn't, I knew that it was WeGovie because we did the story last year, Azempic obviously, because it's in the news, but had no idea there were all those other brand names as well. That last drug you're talking about has seen some incredible results though, hasn't it?
1: That's right. So, let's go back to the Azempic trial that was published uh, in 2021. The study's participants lost an average of 15% of their body weight in 68 weeks. Eli Lilly's phase two trial has seen participants lose an average of 24% in 48 weeks. So, to compare that, Ozempic 15% in 68 weeks compared to 24% in 48 weeks.
0: So, losing more body weight over a shorter period of time. Yes. And Alec, the reason that this is really important and why it's a business story and why we're talking about it today is because the world is living through an obesity and type 2 diabetes crisis. And that is a big story. Let's pick that up after the break. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
1: The new weapon in the fight against obesity. The
0: weight just started falling off. Welcome back to The Dive. We're revisiting a story that we talked about a little bit last year, but kind of before this space exploded. We talked about Wegovy, the miracle drug that was helping people lose weight. And then Ozempic kind of took over and took the market share as, in terms of brand name. But Alec, you've just been telling me there's a whole world of these drugs being developed out there. And the reason this is a business story that's particularly interesting to us is because there is... The background of this health crisis that we're all living through on a global scale, there's an obesity and type 2 diabetes crisis. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, the numbers are pretty stark. So globally, the World Health Organization estimates that more than a billion people are obese, including uh, a lot of kids. Zooming in on the US, obesity affects 42% of the adult population and 20% of children. A Harvard study found that roughly two out of three American adults were either overweight or obese. And the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, also found that more than 37 million Americans have diabetes, about one in 10, and approximately 90 to 95% of them have type 2 diabetes. So it's pretty stark. Here in Australia, the numbers aren't as bad, but they are pretty bad. The Australian Bureau of Statistics National Health Survey from 2017 and 18 found that 67% of Australian adults were overweight or obese. And the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare found that almost 5% of Australians were living with type 2 diabetes. That's the numbers today, Sasha, but the trend is perhaps the scariest thing. According to estimates from Yale, by 2035, obesity will affect nearly a quarter Of the world's population. Now, Sasha, we should say that the way I just presented that information puts obesity and diabetes as negative things in and of themselves. And there's obviously a big debate in this community around, you know, healthy at any weight and the ways that we measure obesity and the validity of those measures. But I think what is undeniable is that your risk of weight-related diseases goes up as you get heavier and type 2 diabetes can have terrible health-related consequences, they're certainly not good trends.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think also it's important to note that like weight loss drugs aren't new but the ones that we've seen previously don't tend to work and they often have significant side effects. So is there something different about these drugs and how they're being developed?
1: Yeah, they work. (laughs) I mean well, a good I, I joke but <laughs> if that is the difference like right before these drugs the choices were weight loss drugs that didn't really work there you know there were classes of like appetite suppressant drugs and, and other things like that or surgery and these drugs do have side effects that we should be clear nausea vomiting diarrhea abdominal pain constipation but the studies that are coming out are just blowing people's minds because they're actually working. Like Mm. weight is falling off. It still requires the correct diet. It still requires exercise. Like it it makes it easier. It doesn't make it easy. But the fact is that they work.
0: Yeah, I think you said that something that I want to pick up on and that is that it is early days. Obviously they've been through scientific trials, but they are still new. It's breaking new ground. So do we know exactly what happens when people stop taking these drugs?
1: Yeah, that is the question, Sasha. The long-term consequences haven't really been measured because Mm. semaglutide as a compound was only created in 2012. But we are starting to see studies of what happens when people go off the drugs. And surprise, surprise, a lot of the weight comes back on. Okay. So there was one study done of 327 participants where they measured them for 68 weeks on the drugs and then another 60 weeks off the drugs. Between week zero and week 68, the average weight loss was 17.3%. Pretty incredible.
0: That's significant. Those are huge numbers. But then the
1: participants stopped taking the drug and the average amount of weight regained was 11.6%. Okay. So that resulted in a net weight loss of 5.6% from week zero to week 120.
0: So Alex, the big question then, what happens next?
1: There is a gold rush in this space. That's the starting point. We are seeing so many new drugs developed. Right now, all of these drugs have to be injected. They're once a week injections. But Novo Nordisk, Eli Lilly and Pfizer are all racing to create oral versions of these GLP-1-based obesity drugs. The estimates for how big this market is going to be are pretty astonishing. By 2030, Bloomberg predicts that obesity drug sales will reach $44 billion. Morgan Stanley research suggests that by 2030 as well, it will be $54 billion. Barclays Bank think $100 billion (laughs) by 2030. And what we're seeing is so much of the health and weight loss space reorientate themselves around this sector. I'm sure anyone that listens to podcasts have probably heard online health portals and websites start talking about their weight loss treatments. And even though it is illegal to advertise prescription drugs in Australia, they're certainly getting as close as they can. Weight Watchers, the... um, Publicly listed big weight loss company has recently got into the action. They acquired a company called Sequence, which is a telehealth provider that provides members access to diabetes and weight loss drugs. The industry is really orientating themselves around these drugs.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting because I think the two crucial things that come out of it for me, Alec, is the fact that once you stop, you tend to put a fair bit of the weight back on. So it's kind of going to in encourage maybe lifelong use of the drugs if you need it
1: isn't isn't that the whole knock on pharmaceutical companies such that they never work on the cure they just work on the treatment this I is know. the this is their treatment to wait
0: yeah it's it's just so fascinating I don't know how I feel about it yet it's um one of those spaces that I think I'm going to just watch with real curiosity and intrigue about what happens
1: there is a article, I think it's very early days, but Novo Nordisk uh, have spoken about the next generation of drug they want to produce is a drug that stops people getting obese in the first place, which is pretty exciting. But does that just mean that everyone's taking a preventative drug just for the off chance that they get obese? Like, what does that look like? How do you know who needs to take that drug? Anyway, a whole can of worms to be opened at some point.
0: I know because I think, um, the crucial bit that's missing for me is, well, the two things is that the opening statement of obesity being a choice when obviously drugs cost money and you have to have the money to buy them in the first place. And then also the idea that there aren't so many other factors that contribute to your weight, whether that be psychological or class or culture or where you're living, what you're eating, you know, it's not just a one size fits all solution.
1: Two points to close it out there, Sasha. On the cost thing, these drugs cost money but obesity also costs money Mm. and there would be a lot of actuaries in a lot of health departments around the world saying that an investment in these drugs up front will save governments orders of magnitude more money on the back end in the healthcare system. So a lot of governments already subsidize these drugs for diabetes. In Australia, Ozempic is on the pharmaceutical benefit scheme for diabetes. There is pushes to get governments to subsidize them for weight loss as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Sasha, secondly, on the psychological side of it all, one thing that I was reading on from some of these studies and articles about these drugs is that For so many people who have been bigger, there's a level of stigma or a level of shame around their size because society sees obesity as a personal failing, a lack of self-control, a lack of effort, lack of willpower, whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is a lot of obesity is related to You know, people's individual bodies and their hormones and these drugs are testament to that, that if you start to regulate hormones differently or produce hormones differently, you get a different result. And so I think for some people, it's shifting the psychology of obesity and it is, you know, a problem to be solved rather than a personal failing.
0: Mm, I think that's such an eloquent way of looking at it at the end there Alec and I want to make a personal recommendation that I've listened to the Quickie which is a Mamma Mia news show if we've talked about the business case today but their host has been using Azempic and talked quite openly about how that process has been sourcing the drug in Australia so if you're still fascinated that's where I go for round two of listening to a podcast about it today but Alec I think let's leave it there Sounds good, Sasha. All right, we'll be back in your feeds on Monday. Hit, follow, subscribe, send us to a friend who might be fascinated in this. But until next time. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.